Welcome to the Campus Rush Podcast. We believe that God will speak through this word and meet you right at the point of your need. We hope that God will bless you through this message. 2015. I finished my undergrad in 2015. And I went to Carlton and he ravens in the house. Ravens. <laughs> Give me some water if you don't mind. I went to Carlton. I finished. Thank you. Let me just take a quick intermission. Went to Carlton. <clears throat> and I finished my degree in November of 2015. But I graduated in June of 2016. Upon finishing my last semester of my fourth year, my final year, I really wasn't sure what I wanted to do after school. Um, sometimes it's all right not to know what's going to happen next. It's okay to rest in God, to know that he's actually working things out for your good. I wasn't really sure what I wanted to do. Um, my dad was like, you should go on and do your master's in social work. Because that's what I did in my bachelor's in. Excuse me. But I really wasn't feeling it. I was like, I don't know if that's the right path for me. I'm not sure if that's what I should do in life. But I mean, I trust my father. Whatever he says, I'm like, all right, cool, let's do it. So I applied um, the ending of 2015, looking for admission for 2016. I applied to, I don't know how many schools. I think I applied to maybe say seven, seven, eight schools I applied for masters. I think I applied to York, applied to McGill, applied to University of Victoria, applied to Dalhousie, applied to so many different, I can't even remember how many schools, Western, Waterloo, so many schools. And I got denied from every last school. And I asked myself, I said, I know that my grades are all right by the grace of God. I know that I've done everything that I needed to do. I don't understand why I'm being denied admission from seven schools. Now, I want to show you the extent of the testimony. Because the last school that I applied for was Carleton. And it was so interesting, Pastor Shane that in my application process, you needed references. Those applying to grad school or go to grad school or even undergrad, sometimes you need references for the program you're going into. And so I had one prof that taught me and I got an A in his class and I was so excited. I said, you know what, I'm gonna use him as a reference for what we're going to do and, and for me getting into the master's program. Surprisingly, I didn't even realize that the prof that I chosen to write my reference for me was actually the dean of the School of Social Work at Carleton. So I was like, oh, I'm like, bless. Like, he's the dean of the school, meaning that if his reference letter is in it, <laughs> there's no way that I could get denied because it's his school, right? So, you know, I put in the application last, after the seven schools that denied me, I'm like, let me try Carleton. I put in the application, 
everything is good. They wanted references. I'm like, Carlton, that's my school. I know all the faculty already. They know me. Uh, the, the dean of the school, Gerald, he already put in a good word for me. You know, he was excited about everything. He's like, I can't wait to work with you, Ruel, and all this stuff. And I'm excited about this. And I think it was around maybe May, June of 2016, right before I was going to walk the stage to graduate. I get an email, I think a week before graduation, and it says that I've been denied masters to Carleton. And I'm thinking to myself, how can I be denied from a school where the dean wrote my reference letter? <laughs> I'm thinking to myself, God, what are you trying to do through this situation? I get to the graduation and we're in the, the reception afterwards and the Dean Gerald comes to me afterwards and he's talking to me, he's like, hey, we can't wait to have you in September. And I'm thinking to myself, buddy, you guys denied me application. And he's, he's looking at me like, what do you mean we denied you? I put your application in myself and I wrote the reference letter inside it. So there was no way that they can deny you admission to the school because I am the director of the school. I want you in this program. I told him, I said, Gerald, there's nothing that I can do right now. Only you can do it if you want to. You've denied me from the program. He looked at me, he said, Ruel, I don't know how this happened, but I know you're a man of faith, and maybe God is trying to tell you something. This is my prof. My prof. We used, I used to go to him, have a conversation, go to his office, and he was excited about what God. He, he said, I know you're a man of faith, so maybe God is trying to tell you something. I'm telling you that whole summer, I said, God, how could I be denied? Like, seven schools, God, at least one should have opened up for me. Seven schools. I'm thinking to myself, God, you're unjust. You're, 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 not, you're not thinking about my well-being. Why would you do such a thing to me? October of, this, of that year, of 2016, I'm driving from my house to the church. And I'm with my dad. My house is about 20 minutes from here. My dad's like, you know what? In meantime, as you are waiting to reapply for another master's program in social work, why don't you just apply to a master's in, you know, in theology? Why don't you just go to Bible school and we'll wait to see what happens from there. I'm looking at myself. I'm saying, okay, all right, cool. Like, I'll do Bible school. I called these guys on the phone. I said, you know, I want to be admitted to your program. They said, okay, um, can you send us your transcripts? I said, no problem. I can send it to you later on. He said, no, 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 I'll hold. You can just email it to me right now. I was like, all right, cool. <laughs> I emailed him my transcripts while he's on the phone. He looks at my transcripts. He looks at my CV. He speaks to me. He says, oh, yeah, you're leading this church. You're doing this. Oh, this is great. No problem. We need someone like you in this program. From my house driving to the church, which is 20 minutes, I had been admitted to a program without having to do much except for sending my CV. I didn't sweat, I didn't ask for references, they didn't ask for anything. I'm trying to tell somebody in this room who would actually listen to what I'm saying in my heartbeat is this, is that when it is your season, no demon in hell can stop what God is doing in your life. And vice versa. When it isn't your season, there is nothing you can do. You can do the splits, paint yourself blue. You can go and get every reference. You can roll on the floor three times. You can do whatever you want to do. If it is not your time, 
nothing will work. The Bible says it like this. There were these sons. And they were sons of a man named Issachar. And the Bible says that there's one thing that the men of Issachar were known for. It was that they understood. They had a revelation of the times and seasons. If there's one thing, young people, that you want to actually receive in your 20s or 30s, it is an anointing to discern the times and the seasons. It is an anointing to know when it's your time, when it's not your time. When to move on and when to stay. Because some of us sometimes engage in unnecessary situations way beyond the time that we're supposed to be there. We overstay. We put a period where we should be placing a comma. We build a house where we should be building a tent. There is an anointing, and I pray today, I mean, this is unusual service. I, I, I have my message ready, but I pray today that somebody in this room will receive an anointing to discern the times and seasons. I, oh my, I wish you would receive this. I pray that somebody, from the bottom of my heart, I pray somebody will receive an anointing to know the times, the times, the seasons. Let somebody receive the Issachar anointing in this room. May you know the times and the seasons. May you know when to put a comma and when to put a period. May you know when to move on and when to stay. Let that anointing be so heavy upon you if you receive it. Say, I'll receive it. Loved ones, Life is interesting because, Kevin, life is in seasons and in stages. That's just the way life works. It's in seasons and life is in stages. That's why the Bible would say, Natasha, in Genesis 8.22, my favorite scripture, one of my favorite scriptures in the Bible. It says this, after the flood had come and, and Noah was in his ark and the ark came and, you know, they landed back on the land and, you know, the whole story. The Bible says in Genesis 8 verses 22, as long as the earth remains, it says what? It said, sea time and harvest, cold and heat. Would you read the last part with me? Winter and summer, one, two, three, go. It means this, for as long as Sele, as we're on this earth, there will always be a thing called seasons. There will always be a thing, Gilan, welcome back from Calgary. There will always be a thing called seasons and times and phases. That's just the way life works. And if I can further it to say this, there are some things in seasons that you must achieve. Every season has milestones and hallmarks that you have to achieve in that season. Every season, every season, every season. Now I know someone's next question is, Pastor, how do I know which season I'm in? Ask the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit will let you know which season you're in. For some of you, you're in the season right now of completion. For some of you, you're in the season of transition. For others, you are in the season of discovery. You're discovering. For others, you're in the season right now of simply, God, I don't know what's going on. It's really dark and you haven't spoken to me in about three months and I don't know where your voice is. I don't know when you're going to come. I don't even know if you still love me. 
For some of you, you're in that season. Everybody finds themselves in season. Some people in this room maybe find themselves in a position where, God, I've been working for you. You see, the Bible says, like, like the prodigal son in Luke 15, the Bible says that as the prodigal son went out and he spoiled everything, he wasted all of his money. He did all the worldly things that he wanted to do. And he came back, and the Bible says the father came and he accepted him. But his brother was telling the father, why would you do that? For I have been here. For some of you, you're in a season where you're saying, I don't even, I don't even defile myself. Like, I, God, I pray every day. I read my word. I'm a good Christian. I do what I'm supposed to do. But how come everybody else is receiving their word and their blessing and their prophetic word except for me? Why not me? For some of you, you're saying, this person went out into the world and the moment they came, they're being elevated and promoted and their life is going from glory to glory. But how about me, the one who has always been faithful, the one who has kept myself, the one who's still a virgin in 2019? For some of us, we're asking those questions to ourselves. And God sent me as a prophet to tell you tonight, that listen, relax, you're in a season. You're in a season. You see, the reason why I love the scripture so much, Pastor Saf, is this, is that it said that seed time and harvest time, that means there's a season to sow and a season to reap. It means cold and heat. Thank God heat is coming. Summer is coming. Can I get a hallelujah in the place? Oh, good God. We've been beaten up so bad this winter. I'm thinking, God, why would you do such a thing? Why? But it's all a part of his promise. That there will also be cold in addition to heat. That's why I love Canada. We have seasons. You see, a barrister, I'm preaching with you today, that in every season, do you know there is clothes you have to wear in every season? There is a way you must look in every season. For some of you in this room, your season of dressing one way has ended. You must move into another season. For some of us in this room, in winter, what do you wear? You wear what? What is it? What do you wear? Someone said Canada goose. Hey, some of us don't have Canada goose. <laughs> in the winter time, we wear what? A, j a jacket, right? It would be odd if someone was wearing a jacket in the summer, wouldn't it? You see them with a huge fur coat. <laughs> blazing hot 32 degrees 34 35 wearing we only see that in in, in africa sometimes when you want to be cool <laughs> you, only see that. <laughs> you only see that in ghana when you go to ghana you see guys you really want to be cool right they want to show people that they've traveled so they're, <laughs> <laughs> they're wearing canada goose 35 degrees charlie are you hot the guy man's not hot man man's not hot, man's not hot. i'm like buddy What's going on see but if someone were to do that here we would take them to royal auto we say buddy there's something that's not correct well how are you wearing a winter jacket in the summer likewise we would find it very interesting if somebody was wearing summer clothes shorts and t-shirts when it was minus 40 outside we would say buddy if you don't come in you're gonna die oh am i telling the truth and so it means that even in every season you find yourself in one there is a way you must appear in that season there's a way there's a dress code to the season you find yourself in. There's a dress code. For some of you, the season you find yourself in, the dress code in that season is a jacket of faithfulness. You gotta be faithful. For others, in that season, it is a hat, a toque of patience. For some of you, it is just it's just a sweater of righteousness that's all 
There's a way that you must appear in the season that you find yourself in because life is in seasons and life is in phases. Now let me push it a little further to tell you this, that in every season, in as much as there's goals you have to meet, can I get four guys to come up here? Actually, two guys to come up here. In every season, you can go in front of me, face me, and go behind him and face me as well. Go behind him and face me. That in every season, in as much as there's milestones you must hit, can I get another guy up here? Right, hurry up, just in like this. Thing. Okay. In every season, actually stand beside me. In every season, in as much as there's milestones you must hit, there's also demonic forces, and their only agenda is to make sure that you're delayed from hitting a milestone. So for many of you in this room, and many of us in this room, it may be that you're just delayed in graduation, or you're delayed in finding a job. Or you're delayed in your assignment, like you've just been procrastinating and procrastinating. Or you're just delayed, or the enemy is just delaying you in marriage, like you just like you know, you know when it's a delay. Like it's not, this is not normal. Do you know what I'm saying? Let me let me tell someone, let me help someone in this room that in as much as, like I said, you have a milestone you must hit, you also have a demon, you also have forces that are blocking you from achieving that. But I don't want you to forget this, that because you are the righteousness of God, you have angelic protection beside you, around you, you have angels that walk with you. And let me tell you where a lot of us get it wrong, we do not put our angels to work. Many of us fail to actually exercise the angels everybody in this room if you don't know God has assigned an angel to your life there's an angel you have angels some of us have more some of us have left that's just how it is you can't see them but there are angels that protect you there are angels that walk with you if you don't believe that it's okay I believe that because angels have worked with me and angels have helped me in areas in my life now there's one thing that angels listen to commands you don't, you don't reason with an angel. You, just, you command angels. You say this, I'm at the milestone of graduation, but yet there is a force here. Angel of the Lord, I command you to begin to work on my behalf. You know what begins to happen? The angel begins to work on your behalf and fights the battles for you. There are some battles. Stop calling God. Just command your angels. That's it. That's it. God is busy. He's doing stuff. <laughs> God is busy. There's some things that God has left angels to do. I want you to repeat after me and say, angels. Come on, say that. Say, angels. I command you to begin to work on my behalf. I command you to begin to fight my battles. I command you to work. Some of y'all, your angels have been lazy, just been standing there. You're fighting your battles and the angel's saying, man, I'm a supernatural being. You're a natural being. Can I fight in the supernatural for you so that you're always under attack? Every day I've been seeing things in my dreams. Pastor, please, some things. I've been seeing somebody killed me in my dream. Somebody chased me in my dream. Somebody, somebody, Charlie. It's not every day somebody. <laughs> Sometimes command your angel the reason why you're experiencing so many demonic things is because you're trying to fight a supernatural battle in natural ways but you have been gifted and I don't know how I got here I'm not supposed to be speaking about angels today but you have angelic representation you have them 
And all you have to do is to tap into the revelation to tell your angels to begin to work for you. I'm telling you, you will see results. When your angels begin to work for you, before you get to a place, I command the angels of the Lord, begin to clear the place for me. Before you get to an exam hall, I position the angel. There's so many things. Oh my goodness. You have to not just command them, but position them. When you get to a place, you've already cleared the place in the realms of the spirit because you've positioned angels and then you've commanded angels to work on your behalf. So some of us, before we even get to the exam hall or the interview room, you've already saturated the place with angelic protection, angelic visitation. One more time, repeat after me, say, angels, I command you to begin to work. Thank you so much. Do you know what, would you stay there for a second? There's one thing that the Holy Spirit showed me, and I wanted to say to you, then I'll leave. I didn't get to get into my message today, but I believe that somebody needed to hear this. Are you being blessed somehow, some way? Are you being blessed somehow? You see, the Holy Spirit, the way he works, the Holy Spirit, the way he works, Man. I want to move on. But I'm not past the revelation of angels. You know what's funny? Just stand right there, guys. You know what's so funny? Is that I'm supposed to be finishing our series on Freudian tonight so much stuff here and I believe that one day I'll teach it it's looking at the revelation of the forbidden fruit but today I can't get past the revelation of angels and I even want to move further in this revelation but I feel I have to pause here and I want you to stand up because there are some battles you've been fighting on your own I want you to begin to command your angels to work I, I, I really want to move on and talk about some other stuff because even in life, and let me just say this before I go, then we're going to pray and we're going to begin to command angels in this place because I feel the stirring of the Holy Ghost. Just if you, don't, if you didn't get anything from what I'm getting, just take this as, some, as a takeaway from today's service that everybody has a window that you find yourself in and don't be deceived that you can jump windows because somebody else is in a different window you can go and be running with them and it come back to your window and it go to their window and it come back into their window because that is when you do things before your time and be, you become exposed to things prematurely by losing your innocence so you are awakened to so many things prematurely that you have an eye for things you shouldn't have an eye for you're conscious of things you shouldn't be conscious for. Why? Because at that level that you find yourself in, there is growth that is needed to handle the next level and the next window. Somebody yell this in the place. Say, I'm going to work my window. Say it again. Say, I'm going to work my window. No, yell it because I don't believe you. Say, I'm going to work my window. We're going to work our window in this place. And in the window today, I believe what we have to work is to command our angels. We need to command our angels. Thank you so much, gentlemen, tonight. I want you to pray. And I don't know what you're up against today. The way the Holy Spirit works is so beautiful. I don't know what you're up against today. But I want you to begin to command your angels to work and fight
the battles that are in front of you right now. Command them. If it's your workplace, begin to position angels at the entrance. Begin to position an angel at your desk. Begin to position an angel at the desk of your boss. That will begin to just be saying things, just sweet things about you to your boss. <laughs> angels, you see, being a believer means there are advantages. Angels are one of the advantages that we have as believers. And many times we don't use these spiritual things to our advantage. Come on, lift your voice. Begin to command angels. I don't know what you need, what's fighting you right now. Begin to command your angel. Your angel's been just chilling for too long because you don't have the proper language. Command your angel. Command. This is not a thing you joke with. You command. You say, angel, I command you to work in this behalf. Angel, I command you to be at my workplace. Angel, I command you to be here. Angel, I command you to begin to speak. Come on. Begin to command your angel. Thank you for tuning in to the Campus Rush Podcast. If you enjoyed this message and want to partner with us, visit us at www.campusrush.org to become a global partner or to partner with us in giving.